Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 61, recorded July 31st, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, Starry Lock's YouTube channel suspended, first pick of Mark's high security sidebar equipped SFIC, a Locks Without Borders update and help request, Subtle Digs interviewed Lock Noob, a Lock Picking Lawyer Saw parody, Speed Locks Tournament of Champions update, a review of YouTube's contest policy, meetups, new products, lockpicking criminals, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have a podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast app, you can find one at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post full links. But you can always find full show notes with links at thelocksportscast.com. And you can find some video clips of stories discussed at the Clips YouTube channel that you'll find in the links. And that hasn't been updated in a while, and I apologize for that, but I'll go over that later in the show. First up in the news this week, Starlock put out a tweet saying, My YouTube channel has been suspended for unspecified reasons. The appeals investigation can take 15 to 30 days. More updates when I get more scraps of information. And I also received notices from a few other people that this had happened, and Pocket Woman in particular sent in an email. She reiterated what Starrylock had said in his tweet and then said, The campaign to bring back Starrylock has begun. Let's use computer talk to get Starry's channel noticed by YouTube to hasten the appeals process. The Use the hashtag Starrylock on any video title or description you post. Share this hashtag with all your mates. Let's get this hashtag trending. Hashtag Starrylock. This is what I've asked the community to do to try and help Starlock. Can you please let the community know what has happened? She says the Shoutout Monday series will continue with Pocket Woman putting out two shoutouts each Monday until Starlock's channel is back. The Shoutout Monday series promotes Locksport channels with under 100 subscribers. Contact Pocket Woman while Starlock's channel is down if you'd like to be put on the list for a shoutout or if you would like to request a shoutout for someone. Thanks for your support. And she put out a video reiterating all of this that is called hashtag Starlock, Starlock channel removed for unspecified reasons. And I will have a link to that in the show notes. And one person speculated that one potential reason why this might have happened could be YouTube's contest policies and guidelines. I have no idea if that's actually the reason, but I thought it might be a good idea to go over this contest policy and guidelines post by YouTube just because I know a lot of the Locksport community does giveaways, and I also know they're not following these exact policies, so it might be a good idea to double-check how you run your giveaways and follow these policies. It says, All contests run on YouTube or that use YouTube are subject to the below rules. In addition, your contest cannot be run or conducted in any way that conflicts with our privacy policy. The content also cannot conflict with YouTube's terms of service or community guidelines. YouTube does not allow contests to be run through ad units. If the contest conforms with the below rules, you can use contests through your content on the platform. And the general restrictions and requirements are, one, you're solely responsible for your contest. 
Two, your contest on YouTube must comply with all relevant federal, state, and local rules and regulations, including U.S. sanctions. Your contest cannot infringe upon or encourage the infringement of any third-party rights and the participation in any unlawful activity. You cannot ask the viewer to give all rights for or transfer the ownership of their entry to you. Your contest must be free to enter. Don't forget to check your local lottery laws, it says. And number six is the one that a lot of people tend to get close to infringing on if they don't infringe on completely. You and any third party may not manipulate metrics on YouTube service to misrepresent genuine viewer engagement with the YouTube service. These metrics include number of views, likes, dislikes, or subscribers. My reading of that would say that if you're specifically saying that they have to like your video to enter, you're probably stepping on rule six. Number seven, you cannot associate or affiliate YouTube with your contest without YouTube's prior written consent. This rule prohibits, among other examples, expressly stating or doing anything that would suggest that YouTube is involved with or has endorsed your contest in any way. And the second section of their policy here is entitled Your Official Contest Rules. And it reads, number one, you must have a set of official rules, which A, include links to YouTube's community guidelines and indicate entries that don't comply will be disqualified. B, state all disclosures required by applicable federal, state, and local laws, rules, and regulations, including U.S. sanctions. And C, are wholly compliant and consistent with YouTube's terms of service. Two, your contest must be conducted and all prizes awarded as outlined in your official rules. Three, you're responsible for the rules and all aspects of your contest contest administration. Four, your rules must clearly state that YouTube is not a sponsor of your contest and require viewers to release YouTube from any liability related to your contest. And five, you must include a legally compliant privacy notice in your official rules. This notice explains how you'll use any personal data you collect for your contest and adhere to that use. So just on a personal note, this is part of the reason why I don't put my full podcast show notes on the YouTube description because I mention a give, my giveaway in every single episode and I have to include the required rules and disclaimers in the description of every episode. If you go back and look, you'll see it is on every one of them. And when I also add the timestamps that I put in so you can jump directly to the sections you're interested in, that eats up a large part of the 5,000 character limit that YouTube has on their description field. So that's why you're going to have to go to locksportscast.com to get the full show notes with links, just in case anybody was wondering on that. But this is one thing that I have noticed happens quite a bit in the Locksport community is that we're not, not everyone is following these rules. And that could get you in trouble with YouTube if somebody complains. It's unlikely YouTube's going to find it on their own. But if for some reason you irritate somebody, they could turn you in for this. And something could happen like your channel getting taken down. So just just a warning. Double check that you are following rules. Make sure you get those disclaimers in there. In other news, we have what appears to be the first public pick of a Mark's high security sidebar equipped SFIC. Neff does stuff. Put out a video called Neff Talks SFIC and Conquers a Mark's High Security Sidebar Equipped SFIC. And the description says, I think this is the world's first pick. This is an SFIC from Mark's High Security. Super cool and interesting lock. And was the first SFIC I ever enjoyed working with. It's good 
look at what this lock is and how you defeat it, but very cool, very different, and I recommend you check it out. And Albert LaBelle put out a video this week called Locks Without Borders as of July 2021. This is an update video on how the collection is right now. And the description reads, I want to first thank Picksmith for the new padlock edition and everyone that has made Locks Without Borders world famous. He says, I did the best I could with the information I had. Please help me with any missing locations and or flags so that I can use the info in the next update. The location unknown was due to lost or forgotten info. I only noted the miles on the back of a key tags for many of them. A lot of work goes into this and I appreciate any help I can get. Thank you so much. So I'm going to have a link to that video in the show notes. I would ask that anybody that has contributed to Locks Without Borders, go over there, watch the video, and make sure he has all the information he needs for your lock. And Locknew put out a tweet this week that said, I did an interview with Subtle Digs recently. I really liked their questions, so I put a lot of thought into my replies. If you have a spare five minutes, I would really encourage you to read it. The interview is on Subtle Digs' blog and is called From Locksport Noob to Intermediate Picker, an interview with Lock Noob. I will have a link, as always, in the show notes. I only have one other video to share this week. It was one that was shared on the Discord. It is a lockpicking lawyer escapes a saw trap parody. This is a good lockpicking lawyer parody based on the uh, Saw movie franchise. Quite entertaining. Did a really good job. And it's funny. I I recommend you go check that out. I enjoyed it anyway. Moving on to meetups. uh, Just a reminder that Lock Camp has started selling tickets. Lock Camp is November 12th through the 14th in Lockhart State Park, Lockhart, Texas. If you're at all interested, you can go to their website, lock.camp, and get all the details. For products this week, it's not technically a new, new product, but it is a new version of a product. Sparrows are now making the monkey paw pick in a one of their normal plastic handle type, not the wider metal-only handle that they originally made the monkey paw in. So you have your option to get a real handle. Locknew put out the tweet saying, so many people have told me how much they love this profile and many of them have said they would like to see it in a standard Sparrows pick handle as well. Fortunately for us, Sparrows have listened and released just that. I will have a link to the video where Locknew discusses that in the show notes. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts this week, I really only have one that was ready to announce by the time I recorded this. That was on the Lockpickers United Discord, Inline Twin earned her red belt. Congratulations, Inline Twin. That actually happened right after I recorded last week, so it's been a week waiting to announce that one. Congratulations. Very, very well done. We have an update posted to the speedlocks.org Discord by Rune says, congratulations to our first round Speedlocks tournament of champion winners. Below, you can see the results. An updated bracket will be uploaded to the site within 24 hours. Good luck to all in round two. Round two will run from August 1st to August 27th. Looks like not everybody submitted videos, at least not by the deadline. So, so if the opponent didn't submit a video, the person who did automatically won. If neither submitted a video it looks like they did a coin flip and one of them advances to the next round so i'll just read these through real quick 
just the winner side. We have Lemon from Australia wins as no entry was submitted by his opponent. Adam F1984 from the USA wins due to the coin flip. PDX Cardinal 78 from the USA wins due to the coin flip. Big Truck Australia wins due to the coin flip. Georgia Dream USA wins a bye to round two via the random draw at the beginning. Shay Lemur, Chile, wins. No entry submitted by his opponent. ZM78, Australia, wins in a coin flip. Lock-O-Lot USA wins. No entry submitted by his opponent. I don't even know how to pronounce this, but... And in match nine, it looks like O-W-N-A-N-D from Switzerland wins due to the coin flip. Heavy Metalhead Canada wins as no entry submitted from the opponent. Gray DV from Germany wins the coin flip. Geek Among Us USA wins due to the coin flip. Rafa EM wins due to the coin flip. And in match 14, we actually had a contest, and it looks like HV Logic has beat out Displosive's time to take the win. Match 15, Locksport Viking USA wins because no submission by the opponent. And in match 16, there was actually a really good battle between Sir Paradise and Tin Man 1986. And it looks like Sir Paradise went through for the win. So congratulations to all the winners. And hopefully we get a little more competition in the next round. And before we get on to the rest of the content of the show, I'd like to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. Producers of this episode include the Patreon subscribers Bill N., Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, Patty Cakes, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, and Mr. Picker. The chief content producer for this episode would be I Fisk. Really stepped up this week. So thank you for that. And other content producers for this episode. Cherell, Good Guy, HV Logic, John Locke, Joshua Gonzalez, Pandafrog, Pocket Woman, Rune, Starlock, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you. It was a very, very busy week for me this week, and I really appreciate the support. So just remember that this show is only possible because of the support of community members like you. So if you're getting value out of this podcast, please help return that value a little bit, either by helping by submitting stories, sharing the podcast with others, or by Uh, possibly a financial donation either by PayPal or subscribing on Patreon. If you do subscribe on Patreon, you get a private RSS feed that will get you the episode a little bit earlier than everybody else. That's really the only benefit that I have to give anybody at this time. Moving on to the state of the podcast. Wow, have I been busy this week. Um, I'm still working on my bathroom rebuild and my work We're in the middle of a maintenance shutdown, so it has been keeping me very, very busy at work, and I haven't had much free time. When I do, I'm usually completely exhausted. So the podcast has suffered a little bit as a result this week. I haven't had time to keep up with social media and searching out stories to cover, so I'm not actually sure if this episode is going to be a little long or a little short, (laughs) because I'm also using a new uh, software for the organizing of the show that hopefully should make things easier in the long run, but it was a bad week to start using it because it has actually cost me a lot of time. And I would like to thank everybody who voted for me in the People's Chose Podcast Awards. We don't have the announcement of the final slate yet. That will be on August 8th. 
Uh, I appreciate the people who gave feedback about how the process went. That was really, really important to me. If we happen to make it through to the next round, I will give an update. But at this time, I'm going to assume that we're probably done. It is a small podcast, a very niche subject. So I don't expect that we'll, we'll get to move on to the next one. But if we do, I'll let you know. And I really appreciate the feedback. So I'm going to try and make the Lockheed Awards voting system a little more streamlined, a little less confusing. Um, Unfortunately, it does require that you will have to register on the Lockheed Awards site because that's really the only way I have to keep people from gaming the system and, and voting continuously. Remember, you can give feedback to the show if you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. If you don't want me to put it on the show, that's fine as well. Or if you want to be shared on the show, just make sure your note, video, or audio recording is reasonable length and clean. No politics, no religion, nothing that would make it not work or family safe. And I will play it on the show. Moving on to the crazy locksmith story for the week. We have another one from the American Key Supplies site. This one says, One evening, sometime past midnight, I went to an apartment lockout. The customer had his keys, but had a locked half deadbolt on the only entrance door. He had exited through his garage door without the opener to go for a bicycle ride, thinking he had the key for the front door. So the garage door and entrance door were not really options without damage. Luckily, he had a sliding glass patio door that was loose. Loose enough, I thought I could get my old mangled long-reach car opening tool that I keep just for these situations through to the latch handle. Looked like it wouldn't be too hard. I've done it before. So about half an hour later, I'm still trying to get the sliding glass door open when all of a sudden I hear, This is the police! Hands up! Apparently, some good Samaritan thought we were some really stupid criminals trying to break into this apartment in plain view of at least 20 other apartments, flashlights, and cussing and all. I turn around when ordered, and there are two police officers with their guns pointed at us. Thankfully, I did not have my pick gun in my hand. Our local police have been a little trigger-happy lately. So then I'm told to climb out of the balcony and get down on the ground in the grass with the sprinklers going, of course. Now, usually I require ID with a matching address for home lockouts, but this was one of those rare times I had not. The guy had a $7,000 bicycle and was in full riding gear, including cleats. Not usually what you have when you break into a place. Plus, he had the key to the other deadbolt on the door, despite having the key to the apartment, since he didn't have ID with his current address on it. It took some time for the police to clear us. All the time, I'm getting soaked on the lawn. After that, I told the customer to find a large rock and throw it through his window. That's the glamorous side of being a locksmith. All right, I put this next one in the strange lock story category. It could very well have also potentially gone in the lock-picking criminal side, but anyway. The article was entitled, The Bizarre Items Found by Salahol, I don't know how to pronounce that, Litter Pickers Revealed, From Burglary Kits to Cucumbers to Scareaway Cats, Volunteers Tell All. Anyway, it sounds like this community has a bunch of community groups that have sprung up over the city as locals that take it upon themselves to keep the streets clean and tidy from litter. One of the groups is called Clean and Green, and it has become the largest collection of litter pickers in the whole of the borough. 
with some attending organized picks and others going out on their own during lunch breaks and such. One member said, picking litter is just a small part of what we do. We also do things like tree planting, clean up the area to make it more beautiful and make people feel more loved. Volunteers talked about some of the types of items that they find and pick up. I'll just read kind of a short list here of what they said. PPE such as face masks, gloves being left behind has become a real issue during the pandemic. We also found items such as batteries, McDonald's McFlurry spoons, and crisp packets, but face masks are by far outnumber anything else. We have even found a cucumber that has been left behind apparently to scare away cats. They had found people's personal details in the form of credit cards, crime kits, weapons, drugs, and even false teeth. One member said, we found lots of wallets, lots of handbags, and lots of laptop bags. We found what we call burglary kits in bushes with screwdrivers and all kind of lockpicking equipment with gloves and baklavas. Even darker, they claim to have found dangerous weapons on the streets, untold knives, which they reported to the police, he went on. We found drug-taking kits, bags of powder, grass, and laughing gas canisters all over the place. So evidently, at least one criminal thought that a good place to hide his criminal kit where no one would find it would be in the public bushes. Well, at least it's less likely to get tied to him there, I guess. In lockpicking criminal news, the first one is from the Maui News. Man facing sex assault charges held in lieu of $150,000 bail. A man is being held in lieu of $150,000 bail after he was indicted on charges of allegedly sexually assaulting a woman in his van. He's pled not guilty to three counts of second-degree sexual assault from September of 2019. The woman texted 911 to report she had been assaulted after she got out of the van and ran, according to documents filed in the court. The suspect ran after her but fled when police arrived, leaving behind his van, according to the documents. He was arrested a few days later before being released pending further investigation. During a second circuit court hearing July 15th, he asked the judge to be released on supervision. The public defender said that the suspect is indigent and has no means to bail himself out and that he hasn't harassed or contacted the woman since 2019. In opposition of bail reduction, the prosecutor said that the suspect had been on Maui only since 2018 and claimed to be living in Tennessee when the police detective contacted him, say his van and cell phone could be returned after being seized in the investigation. Police learned the suspect didn't reside at the Tennessee address he provided. However, in the van, police found stolen jewelry, lockpicks, Tennessee driver's license in three names, and social security cards in two names. According to the memorandum, it said that two of the names were listed as aliases for the suspect, and he is charged with sexually assaulting the victim multiple times and has multiple police contacts in numerous states throughout the country. So the judge kept the bail at 150000 saying the amount was reasonable. Our next story is not specifically a lock-picking criminal story, but I figure it is relevant in the modern digital age. The article was titled, A Delivery Contractor Stole 8,800 Amazon Packages Worth More Than $274,000, Please say. A delivery contractor stole the packages from a warehouse in New Jersey, according to police. He was employed by a third-party contractor, Globus Express, and was responsible for taking pallets of packages from the Amazon warehouse in Logan Township. 
and delivering them to the U.S. Postal Service facilities, according to details included in the Affidavit of Probable Cause. Amazon began investigating him when a large number of packages were reported as not delivered. In all, investigators identified 8,824 Amazon packages with a total value of $274,483 that never made it to their destinations. The suspect admitted to Amazon loss prevention officials in May that he committed the thefts beginning in November of last year because, quote, the difficulty surviving during the COVID pandemic, end quote, according to the affidavit. He also admitted using someone else's credit card to enter the warehouse where he was not permitted, though he refused to say how he got the card, police say. He was charged in June with second-degree theft and fourth-degree forgery for misuse of the access card. So if he's using forgery for misuse of the card, are they saying he perhaps cloned the card, maybe? We don't know what type of access card it was. We don't know if he stole it off of somebody, if he borrowed it off of somebody, or if he cloned it off of somebody. Anyway, modern digital access controls without some sort of oversight are no better than a keys system in the long run, I think. In sales this week, first up, I forget which Discord this was published in, but there was a post in one of the Discords that said, that referenced the Law Lock Tools Ridgeback set. And it said, while stocks last, get 20% off the Ridgeback with code RIDGEBACK20. So that's RIDGEBACK20 is the code. It's only good on the Ridgeback set by Law Lock Tools at their website. Code and link will be in the show notes. We also had a, an email from Peterson for thinkpeterson.com, 15% off with the code AS6BF6X225 that expires on August 6th. So that's Alpha Sierra 6 Bravo Foxtrot 6 X-Ray 225, 15% off. I believe it's an order of $50 or more with that coupon code. 3DLockSport.com, 10% off with the code LSCAST10. Mako.com, go to there, get 15% off with the code by Mako. And UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. Moving on to giveaways. Really don't have much this week. Wasn't much sent in, and I didn't have time to go looking and asking people if they were willing to share. So we just have... Uh, PandaFrog should be putting out his August video very soon. By the time you hear this, the July giveaway will be over, but he's doing one every month, so stay tuned for his August video and what the new rules will be. CLK Supplies has their hashtag LockBoss giveaway, so you can go over there if you're interested in giveaways. Lots of good prizes from them. I have the Lock Sportscast. We have the monthly giveaway for a custom PackLock 100A or a $20 gift code from hooligankeys.com. You can find all the details in the description of the video, in the show notes, and at giveaway.thelocksportscast.com. Remember to send me any information you have that's LockSport-related, even if you don't think it's important. It might just be the information that I need to put an episode together. If not, no harm done. Don't worry about sending me too much. I would rather have too much information than not enough. I want to thank everybody for their continued support and all of the wonderful patrons who keep signing up. Really more support than I expected. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you. And remember to keep it legal. Legal.